Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. This episode of the Productivity is Podcast is brought to you by SaneBox. Clean up your inbox now with SaneBox. SaneBox learns what email is important to you and filters out what isn't. I use it every single day and I'm not alone. It's going to save you from endless interruptions, so give SaneBox a try now. Listen to this episode and you'll get a special code on how you can get a credit for your new SaneBox account. Now let's get on with the show. You know, on this episode of the Productivity Podcast, I wanted to bring somebody on that would help me with an area of my life that, honestly, if I could do five, four or five things a day, this would be one of them, and that's cooking. And Alison Schaff, she is heavily involved in the idea of helping people prep and prepare better meals for their kitchen. She is the founder of the meal planning website, PrepDish.com. Now, what PrepDish does is it helps people save time and enjoy healthy home-cooked meals by providing weekly prep-ahead meal plans. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that food and planning, especially when it comes to planning meals for the week for my family, is something that my wife and I do week in and week out. Allison's also founded the Austin-based personal chef company, Prep Dish Personal Chef. So this is an episode that's probably going to go a little bit off the beaten path, but there's a lot of stuff in there. If you're trying to be more productive in the kitchen, this is going to be an episode that you're going to want to pay attention to. So without further ado, let's get into the productive kitchen with Allison Schaff here on the Productivityist podcast. So Allison, I am a stay-at-home parent, which means I work from my home and there are at least three, if not four days a week where I am cooking and I need to turn the kitchen into some place that, you know, I got to walk the walk, right? Because I'm a productivityist. So I need to be able to do that. (laughs) Let's, I want to talk to you today a little bit about, first off, where uh, the the idea of productivity in the kitchen, but before we dive into that, like what got you into the 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 what you're doing now with prep dish and stuff like like what really drove you to do that? Because I mean, for me, productivity was a passion project. Probably not. I'm not really a, a foodie. Foodieism or being a foodie is probably a a whole other level. There's a, definitely a wider scale of people that are going to be experimenting with that and exploring that. But what got you into what you do now? Yeah. So the place, you know, Prep Dish is the company and it's a meal planning website. And I came up with that the way most people, you know, come up with products is, you know, I sort of had a personal pain point and figured out a way to um, address that. 
Um, and where it basically started is I was working as a personal chef. So I have a background as a, I went to culinary school. I'm a registered dietitian and I started my own business where I would go into people's homes and prep their meals for the week. So I had that set up for multiple reasons. One, I could, you know, work with multiple clients each week and, you know, really enjoyed that work. But what would happen is I would go in, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'd spend all day cooking for these clients. And then I would get home and the last thing I wanted to do was cook. <laughs> it would be, you know, it's sort of that same problem of like, I would get home at five o'clock, what's for dinner. And I'm like, Oh, I do not want to cook. But for me as a, you know, nutritionist, it was like, gosh, like it's so important to me. And I don't want to sacrifice on that. And I'm like this business I'm helping other people get healthy and have these like really tasty, delicious, nutritious foods. But I kind of made a pact with myself. Like I have to eat as well as my clients eat. Like there's no reason I should be like cooking better for them than I cook for myself. But I had to figure out a system to do that because waiting until five or six o'clock just wasn't working. Um, and that's where I realized the system I created for my clients was, okay, how can I be really efficient so I can bring on more clients? Cause at that point, like the way that I could grow my business was to get more efficient with what I was doing. So I could bring on more clients because the more clients I had, the more money I made. So I really figured, tried to figure out how can I have these healthy meals that taste good, but in the least amount of time possible. And then also how can I do the same thing for myself? And so it kind of like got into doing that as I'm doing all of this, I started to realize long-term the going into people's homes and cooking wasn't really what I saw myself doing for the rest of my life. And I knew there had to be a way to translate what I was doing into something online. And that's where the idea of prep dish came from is like, okay, I've got the system. I'm using it for my clients. Now I'm using it for myself. This is really the key to healthy eating is to have this plan and kind of get it done in advance. And so then I took a step back and thought, well, how can I, you know, write this all out for people to use? And, you know, how can I reach thousands of people instead of, you know, five to 10 people? Um, and that's where I really started hashing out what today is prep dish, you know, and I did it as I was working as a personal chef, which was kind of awesome because here I was creating recipes for people and then using them in this cool new meal plan thing that I had come up with. So basically, you know, my clients were kind of like getting all the recipe testing. So it was, you know, it worked out pretty well to, um, go from the in-person to the online. So yeah, through that process, I really, you know, and each year I always look at it like, okay, here's what I'm providing for people. How can I make this more efficient? Now there's grocery delivery. How do I add that into my system to make it more efficient for people at home? Cause you know, no one, no one has time, but they realize they have to make time if they want to eat healthy because you need to, you know, be making, you really have to take ownership over your food if you want to ha be having healthy meals. Why don't people take as much time as they should when it comes to planning their, their food? I mean, one of the things that I talk about with my, my wife and I, we have what we call the effing meeting every week. And it's, mm -hmm. it's food. <laughs> yeah, it, it's some of the stuff is painful to talk about, which is why we call it the F yep. meeting, but everything starts with F it's food, yep. finance and family. So we talk about yep. the finances and they're all really intertwined, right? You know, I mean, how much money we have is related to what we can do as a family, as well as what food we can buy and how much, what food we eat relates to, uh, you know, if we go to a restaurant, that's going to affect our finances. And it's also, you know, going to affect what we do as a family. So they're all kind of intertwined. We didn't, mm -hmm. we didn't incorporate the food element until we saw 
saw that we were spending a massive amount either eating out or buying processed foods. How, mm-hmm. how critical, like, why don't you think people take the time to do this? And how do you get somebody to start taking the time to do this beyond obviously using like a service, you know, beyond going into prep dish? Like, how did you get your clients before this happened to start saying, hey, you know what, we need to take a, a better look at this and, and be more proactive when it comes to what we put inside of our bodies? Yeah, well, you know, the first first answer to your question about how I got my clients in the past, well, it was a premium service where I did everything for them. Right, so that, right. was the, that was the easier sell, actually. <laughs> it's funny, the high-end product was the easier sell. But, but, it, but you can only scale so far, which is probably yes. which is one of the reasons why you, you, you prep dish came to be. Yes, and so now the sell is like, you know, getting people to believe that they can do it because I think, you know, it's just – a lot of times when you try when you struggle with something so often it's really easy to just give up and there are more convenient options out there right like there's ton, we're bombarded with all of these not as healthy choices and everyone just trying to like figure out what's sort of the best place for them and it, it's really hard you know it's really hard um, environment to be in um, these days. And so I think people just, they get frustrated, they get confused, and sometimes they give up for a little while or they find something that works, but then it takes too much time. And, you know, so it's just really figuring out because sometimes what works with food, you know, is a single person, maybe you have this system and it works, but then you get married and you have to have a new system. And if you have kids, you know, then it's something new again. And so it's not always something that you can just have one system and stick with it for the rest of your life. It's, it's going to evolve and it, it takes some forethought. That's really what it comes down to is you kind of have to, you have to have a plan in advance. I always say the worst thing is waiting until five o'clock to decide what's for dinner. Like if you can decide before five o'clock, that's what's going to save you. So one of the things that I've done, and I, I know I'm not alone, uh, no matter what time of year is, you know, making dietary changes. You know, I, I'm into, you know, I've gotten back into exercising. I'm feeling more energized than ever before. And it's mainly because I've cut out a lot of, I mean, I've done the whole 30 program and I've done, you know, the, there, there's so many different programs that you can try. But what I yep. like about what Prep Dish offers, and you talk about this in your blog, is the ability to take your planning of those, like the preparation and planning and apply it to whatever dietary uh, program that you might be using. How important mm-hmm. was that for you when you were putting this together to say, okay, you know what, this, this, Thing I'm building because it was just you mm-hmm. before and now it's now it's it's kind of got its own reach it's got its scalability I need to make sure that it doesn't just scale out in terms of how many you know people I can reach because I'm no longer the one going out to every one of these homes and doing this but it needs to scale in terms of people's dietary choices like how important was that to you and and how do how do you facilitate that within prep dish as well yeah, well, you know, as a dietitian, I just felt like that's really part of my purpose, right? Is making sure that these foods are healthy. And um, I, I personally can't tolerate gluten, so that was an easy decision to make sure all of the plans are gluten free. That doesn't mean all of the customers are gluten free. Some people um, don't eat 100% gluten free, but the plans are all based that way. And then um, a lot of the other options. So, you know, I have a paleo option. Um, I do have a shorter plan that's sort of autoimmune protocol, which is a stricter version of paleo specifically for people with autoimmune um, conditions. And all of that was based on my experience as a personal chef of like, here's the diets that I've used with other people that they've really seen a difference. And I felt strongly that I wanted um, people on those diets to have an option. You know, I wanted to give them something. And I actually do have Whole30 um, compliant meal plans. 
So, um, that was another one that I recently added. Um, and then, you know, a lot of them, it's just been based on customer feedback. So, you know, there's a lot of people that say like, oh, well, I don't eat, um, the common ones are pork or seafood or dairy or nuts. And so we have easy substitution options that we give each week. So people on those, um, with those restrictions can still use them. So we just try and make them flexible, um, so that they work for a wide range of people. So tell me how Prep Dish works, because I know a lot of my audience will be at this point going onto Chrome or Safari and going, okay, let me, I need to learn more about this. I need to, you know, this sounds really, really cool. I want to make yeah. sure, I mean, these are all productivity minded folks, uh, no matter where, you know, work and in life. And I think that that's the thing that, that, you know, people lose sight of is that, I mean, you could be as productive as you want at work in terms of having all that organized. But if you go home and you don't have harmony between work and life, that's a huge issue. So how does Prep mm-hmm. Dish exactly, like, how does, can you give us like kind of the overarching view of how it works so that? That people can get a sense of okay, this is the, the, the idea of shopping once and prepping once and and is, is appealing. How does that all play out? Yep. So um, each week I have a PDF for people that is their what I call the meal plan, and that PDF is split up into three parts. So the first part is the grocery list, and um, that's divided by um, department of the grocery store. So when you go in there, you're getting in and out as fast as possible. You know, it's like here's all the produce, here's the meats. You're in and out really quickly, or you can even take it a step further and submit it to um, a grocery delivery service like Instacart and have them do the grocery shopping for you. So just another place where you can save a little bit of time. Um, So that's the first piece. The second piece is what I call prep day. And this is really the key to prep dish. And that's spending some time on the weekend or maybe Monday evening doing the prep work for the week. And this is something that people can do, you know, with or without prep dishes, figure out what can you do in advance. So things like chopping up vegetables, um, throwing together a tossed salad to have as a side option, or, you know, maybe as a lunch option, uh, mixing together the dressing for that salad, um, doing a, a marinade. And you could even do, you know, with some of these things, you can do a big kind of batch, like a big marinade, like a cilantro lime marinade, and then use it for steak as well as shrimp. So kind of have two purposes for it for the week. Um, and same thing you could do like a big crock pot, um, like a roast or something and use, use it one night is one thing. And then a second night, use it for tacos or something. Um, you know, do a breakfast on Sunday. So a frittata or a thing of muffins or, you know, some sort of breakfast that you can then have throughout the week. But really that prep day is, like I said, the key of, okay, what can I do for an hour or two on Sunday then sets me up to where when I open my fridge on Tuesday night, most of my meals waiting for me, the marinades there, the, you know, the fish is there, the veggies are there. All I have to do is throw it in the oven for 20 minutes. And so I don't really, so, you know, that third part is what I call dish day. And that's the day that you're having the meal, but that's the easiest um, part of the whole process because that's where you open the fridge and it's like, okay, it's ready to go. I've set myself up for success. When I get to five o'clock, I'm not having to think about what's for dinner. I don't even have to like pull out a knife. I'm just kind of finishing it off and I'm not tempted to like call in takeout because I've already put in all the work and I want to, you know, enjoy this meal that I've spent time preparing. So those are the three pieces, the grocery list, the prep day and the dish day. Let's take a step out of the kitchen for a second and talk about the sponsor of this episode of the Productivity Podcast, SaneBox. Now, SaneBox is a fantastic tool that kind of automates the filtration 
of your email. If you are getting overwhelmed with email, what SaneBox does is it learns what emails are important to you and which ones aren't. And the great thing about it is there's so many different filtering options that you can use with SaneBox, but that's really just the beginning. For example, uh, I'm about to head off on vacation as we're recording this, and there's a there's a a smart filtering inbox called Sane Vacation. You can kind of say, hey, this is when the vacation's over, and all the stuff filters into that, into that folder. And then all of a sudden, when the vacation's over, whenever you determine that, and if you've followed my work, you know I like to have a gap day, at least after I'm done traveling, so I can have a chance to recover. In this case, I'm going to have more than one. But it can actually filter email back into your inbox. So it just pushes it aside and keeps your inbox nice and clean. But there's lots of other ones in there. There's Sane Snooze, which means you can defer an email until tomorrow, next week, next month, or any time. And I use those for my three-mail workflow, which if I get an email and I don't want to deal with it until, let's say, it's related to the podcast on a Wednesday, that's my audio video day, I just move it to the Sane Wednesday folder, which is essentially a modified Sane Snooze folder, pardon me. And then I'm able to actually uh, get those back in my inbox on Wednesday, instead of me having to go into that folder. So it kind of automates the process a bit. There's also sane reminders, so you can remind yourself to do things. And that way, it it, it keeps you moving forward. And, and you don't have to kind of keep in your head, hey, when do I need to email that person or whatever? There's saying no reply. So if somebody hasn't replied to you, you can look at that and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I I want to make sure I get back to this person. So that saying no replies uh, email is a, is a folder is a fantastic filtration. And then there's saying not spam. So some stuff that might show up in your spam folder, it's those false positives that are sending legitimate emails, maybe your newsletter, maybe you're getting the productivity as weekly and that's being filtered into spam. Well, the saying not spam folder will help you with that as well. And it, it works in a whole bunch of different applications, Gmail, iCloud, uh, you know, Exchange, Yahoo Mail, if you're using that, any of those. And it works wherever you work. So whether it's your phone, your your tablet, your computer, whatever, it's fantastic. Um, guys like Tony Robbins are using SaneBox. Guys like David Sparks, who's a friend of mine, is using SaneBox. So why not give it a try yourself? Go to SaneBox.com slash Vardy and you'll get a $25 credit uh, for your SaneBox account. There's also a 14-day free trial, so you can check that out as well. And uh, again, I'm a big fan of SaneBox. When... Professionals at top companies like Adidas, eBay, Coca-Cola, Hootsuite, LinkedIn, Groupon, they're all using it. I think it's worth giving it a try as well. I'd like to thank SaneBox for sponsoring this episode of the Productivities Podcast. Give it a try. Again, go to SaneBox.com slash Vardy, get that $25 credit, and start adding sanity back to your email workflow today. Now let's get back to the show. Beyond the the actual grocery shopping, beyond the shopping, it's obviously that you're going to have to have some stuff set up to make the kitchen <laughs> set up. For, for, I mean, you've heard of, I guess it's the triangle, right? You know, with the, you know, you want to make sure that you've got these the flow of the kitchen working properly, mm-hmm. uh, as well as, you know, having, and you write about this in your blog, like how to organize different aspects, whether it's the fridge or cupboards or whatnot. How, how much of that has to happen either in advance or is it like an ongoing process for a lot of people? Kind of like, I guess, with productivity systems in general, they're always trying to tweaking or, 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 or rearranging to make it suit their personality or what they're doing. How do you work with people on that as well? A lot of it's just kind of figuring out the system and on prep day, I have sort of some of that's prepped out or mapped out already. So for example, when you get into doing the um, prep is look at what's going to take the longest. You know, if you're going to bake sweet potatoes, those need to go into the oven first. Like don't bother with mixing up your salad dressing until you have 
the long bake items in the oven. So kind of looking, just figuring out a timeline before you jump in so you know what to tackle first. Um, and then in terms of flow, um, one thing that I'm big on is as you're in the kitchen, not taking unnecessary steps. So like, you know, have wash all your veggies at once. You don't want to be running back and forth to the sink to wash one more vegetable, just wash them all at once. And then, you know, once you start chopping, have a little trash bowl right there. So you're not running back and forth to the trash. And these things sound like they're tiny, but after an hour or two, they really, and you know, week after week, they really make things a lot more um, efficient. And then some of the other things, like I mentioned is, you know, making Mm -hmm. sure if you're doing want a marinade a pesto sauce do it for the salmon and then do it for the chicken as well so you're kind of getting double duty out of some of the things or if you're making a big pot of soup freeze half of it you know double the recipe and freeze half so just thinking through if i'm going to put in the effort how can i get the most bang for my buck there it's interesting because when i talk to people about the methodology that i teach with productivity i use the grocery store allegory a lot the idea of when you make a meal plan you're not going to shop by day of the week you're going to shop by category of grocery you're not going to go to the meat department seven times the produce department seven times and the same principles seem to apply with you it's like you're not gonna i mean if you grab all the vegetables and wash them and most people you know like like you said it's incremental the time that Mm -hmm. you were back but it adds up over time and so you're kind of like i'm going to be in uh produce washing mode and now i'm going to go into okay what's uh, let's that future prep mode which is like okay let's get these these suit you know the 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 batches that we want to have for lunches later on or what have you let's get those in there so it's you know even though you're working on a project which is making this meal you're mm-hmm. working more you're not working you know you're the only step by step process you're going to follow and even that i mean i find and i don't know if if, if this is the case but I find that even though it lists the ingredient, the, the steps in order, you know, step one, step two, step three, sometimes you're doing step one and step four at the same time because you're, you know, just of the way that the way that the the, the recipe and the way that your modes are kind of interchanging. So mm-hmm. I just find it like a lot of people they'll go into the kitchen with this idea of okay, I'm going to go through step by step by step, and they end up washing produce three times. So it's really cool to to be able to combine those. And I think how often, how long does it take for somebody to kind of get into that mindset? Because that that in and of itself is is a huge win, but it also can take some some practice and some deliberate practice at that. Oh, for sure. And I always tell people, you know, for one, don't you don't have to tackle the so the meal plans have four meals, a breakfast, a salad, a snack, and a dessert, but they're numbered so that you can cross things off. You don't have to do the full week, right? Like you can cross out some things in the beginning and just know in the beginning, it's going to take a little more time. But then once you get into it, it really, it can be so, it can be really quick. It just, it does take a few weeks of getting used to it. And really, and sometimes it depends how much experience someone has in the kitchen. Cause you know, a lot of my subscribers are kind of moms that have been doing this forever and it comes really naturally, but then there's others that are like, I've never cooked before, but, um, you know, over time it becomes more natural to them as well. And, um, Um, Same thing with like making it your own and doing the substitutions that gets really easy over time, but maybe the first week try and follow it through without making substitutions just to get an idea of, you know, the setup and everything. Um, 
the nice thing uh, I was gonna say one more thing. The oh, nice go. thing is once it once you do it a few weeks, the like the reward of like five o'clock not having to pull out your cutting board and pull everything out and start all over again each day, you know, kind of you know, that's where the time is saved. It's like instead of pulling things out, you know, that 30 minutes each day, it's just like one day for an hour or two. But once you kind of have that reward, then it becomes easier to, you know, sort of like exercise, right? Like sometimes, oh, I don't know if I want to go to the gym, but then afterwards you have that great feeling and then it kind of motivates you to keep doing it. So I think it's the same thing with the meal prep. It's, you know, maybe the first time or two, you know, it takes a little more time, but then the reward is so great. I want to talk about tools in the kitchen. Okay. Because because when it comes to productivity, people, you know, the processes are really important, but the platforms can be just as important, if not. Yes. People get fascinated. But like, I'll give you a great example. Um, you know, uh, last year I picked up a uh, one of the uh, instant pots. Okay? Yeah. Uh, mainly again because uh, you know, I, on again during the during the week, there's three three days where it's me and the kids. I pick the kids up at two. My son especially up at two thirty. My daughter can walk home on her own. And I'm like, you know what? I I have work to do. I'm running a business. So I've got, you know, something going in the instant pot or the other tool I picked up and I picked them almost the exact same time, which I don't know if it, 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 it didn't impress my wife. It maybe uh-huh. by now it will have because I've been using it so much. But at first she's like, I don't want to use this Anova thing because so I picked up a sous vide co- a cooking, uh, the one of the precision cookers, because uh-huh. I want to be able to cook steak, but step away while the steak is cooking so I can do the other things that are really important to me, like such as, you know, spending time with my kids and or maybe wrapping up something that that's work related. So uh-huh. what tools do you find that you've used or that you, you use now that have become kind of indispensable when you're, when you're either, when you're working in the kitchen, what have you found that you're like, okay, you know what, this is kind of revolutionized or at least made things simpler as I, as I'm, as I'm, you know, moving forward, making my kitchen more productive. Yeah. And some of those items, you know, sort of started when I went into people's homes, I used their equipment, but there were certain things that I looked for to make sure that they had. So Mm -hmm. I always say those are my essentials because when I went and cooked in someone else's kitchen, they're the things I had to have. Um, so number one is a good knife and I use my own knives. So when I used to go into people's houses, I would still bring my own, but this is like such a key because when you're eating healthy, you're cho- you, you inevitably, you can get some vegetables pre-chopped, but there's going to be some chopping involved and you can't do that chopping with a paring knife. You really need a good quality chef's knife. I like to use the Wustoff brand. Um, I also have some, um, shun knives that I like, but there's a lot of, you know, really the important thing with finding a good knife is put it in your hand and see how it feels to you. Um, but make sure it's a, a decent knife. It'll, it'll pay off in the long run, but you need one or two good kitchen knives. And to go along with that, um, a nice big cutting board. Like you can't, if it's too small and you don't have enough surface area, it'll keep running out of space. And so you want it to be big enough that you can tackle, you know, a little more at once. Um, I like to use a wood cutting board or they have a lot of, um, Oh, bamboo cutting boards nowadays that are a lot more cost effective, but still work really well. And, and I don't mind using plastic. The thing I always say is to stay away from like, I've seen the glass cutting boards and those just really are not meant to cut on. I think they're just for decoration, but stay away from the glass cutting boards. Um, yeah. So kitchen or so the knife and the cutting board, the other thing that's really key if you're going to do things ahead of time is to have containers. 
I really like to have glass containers with the snap-on lids. Um, Container Store has a really good brand, um, Snapware is what I think they're called. Um, but those really help keep food fresher, longer. I even put labels on them. They have like labels you can get with, um, you can put these with Sharpies and wipe it off. Um, but having good containers is like really key because otherwise, you know, the food isn't going to stay fresh for multiple days. Um, that would be another must have. And then I like to have either a good quality blender or food processor. And I say, or, because for most things you can use either, or there's some tasks that are better with a food processor and some better with a blender. But really, if you have a, um, good quality one or the other, you can get by, um, and for blender, I would recommend either, um, Vitamix or Blendtec. Um, again, that would, you know, it's a pricier purchase for sure, but in the long run, totally, you know, pays off in terms of like making sauces and marinades and smoothies and, um, pestos and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. It's interesting because that's one of the things that, that, you know, a lot of people like they take pause and they say, Oh, that's a lot of money to pay for a blender. (laughs) But I think people need to realize as you, you alluded to, um, even though it costs money, the money that you're going to save either with waste, wasted food, I would imagine, cause that would happen. I mean, I, I can't, I can't even think about how much food we've probably chucked because it's just sat like, we just haven't used it as quickly as we might've wanted to, but also yep. restaurant, like going out to eat is not cheap. And, and yep. to be able to like, to spend that money, I mean, for a family of four, it costs anywhere from 80 to a hundred dollars, depending on where you're going uh, for a mm-hmm. good meal. Uh, out. Yep. Well, you do that four times, you've got yourself one of those high-end blenders. If not, and if you go to Costco, sometimes you get them even cheaper, depending on, or if you're buying them during the holiday season, you can sometimes wait. That's how I got my Instant Pot. But yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people don't take that into account though, right? Yep. I know. And I got, uh, um, so I got my Vitamix is a refurbished model and I've had it almost 10 years. Wow. So, you know, you know, you can buy kind of a, a lower end blender, but a lot of times they're going to go out before 10 years too. So, you know, in the long run, that thing was definitely, um, a good purchase. <laughs> so as we, as we get close to wrapping up here, Allison, uh, one, what's the, what's the number one tip that you can share with somebody who wants to make their kitchen more productive? I know you've do- dove into quite a bit here, but what's the quick win that they can get? Uh, if they want to step away from this episode, maybe they're listening to this episode as, uh, as they're actually, uh, prepping food. Or cooking, because I know I, I mean, doing the dishes or making food, I'm often listening to podcasts anyways, because it's, you know, kind yeah. of that, that mindless time to, to do that kind of thing. What's one quick win that somebody could have right, starting today that they could do right now and it pay instant dividends? I, the most important part is having a plan. So figuring out a time each week that you can sit down and plan out the week ahead. You know, like you were saying, you have that weekly meeting of like, okay, here's what the week looks like, but have a time where you can sit down and be like, here's, you know, how many meals we're going to need. And here's what we're going to eat. Cause once you have that plan on, it gets a lot, it's easier to execute it once that plan's in place. You can't execute on it if you don't have the plan. So make time, figure out a time on your calendar where you can sit down and figure out your plan each week for your meals. Awesome, Allison. Where can people find you online and get more information on Prep Dish and learn how it can really work for them? Yep. 
Um, so I'm at Preptish on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all the social media sites. And then um, I also set up a free two-week trial. So if you go to Preptish.com backslash Vardy, V-A-R-D-Y. So that's um, your last name. Yep. And on there, it's um, there's a link to sign up for two weeks and give it a try for free. I always say if you want to try it, um, you know, the easiest way is give it a try for two weeks. If it's fit, great. If if not, nothing lost. So that's preptish.com slash Vardy. And I think you said you'll have the link in your show notes as I well, right? So. Absolutely will. Thanks so much for great. joining me, Allison. This has been great. Now I got I'm hungry now. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go grab something. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah. That wraps up this week's episode of the podcast. Big thanks to Allison for joining me on the show. Again, I want to make every part of my home as productive as possible, and PrepDish helps with that. Allison's offered a lot of great tips. And if you are a Patreon supporter of the show, which means you're a patron of the podcast, there's a bonus episode that her and I did where we talk a little bit more about how she uses some of these strategies and tactics outside of the kitchen to make her life more productive in general. So if you want to become a supporter of the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash productivity to learn about all the perks and, and extra bonuses that you offer, uh, that you get rather, when you are a patron of the show. Um, if you're not able to support the podcast monetarily, totally cool. Then what I'd love it is if you could actually give us a rating or review in iTunes or whatever podcast aggregator you're using to listen to the show. It just helps John Polster, the podcast producer, and I make the show better every single week. We listen to all the feedback. We check out all the reviews, and I'd love to hear from you on that as well. That's it for this week's episode. Big thanks to Allison for joining me. Big thanks to John Polstra for producing the show. Big thanks to all of my Patreon supporters who support the show week in and week out, and thanks to all of you for joining me. Until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist podcast and founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. Wait one second. Don't go anywhere. I've got to thank SaneBox for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Head over to SaneBox.com slash Vardy, get that $25 credit, and start bringing sanity back to your email inbox today. We'll see you next week.